that sound clip of Julia Fox saying uncut gems? No. Oh my God. It's the funniest thing in the world. It's on TikTok a lot. She goes, for some reason, I don't know what the clip is, but for some reason she said that a woman asked her, well, what is a muse? And then she goes, well, I was a muse for, uh, I forgot the guy's name who wrote Uncut Gems. But she was, oh, Brian Safdie. I was a muse for Brian Safdie when he wrote Uncut Gems. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I want I want to live in that accent on hot drums. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Blind Pond House. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Lai Rong I'm joined as always by my house, Maya Pellax. Hey. <laughs> and our resident guest, Tash Anak. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julia Fox. Uh, she I mean, got, like, she's the lady. She's the only. She's the girl in Uncut Gems. The the girl that works in the shop and that ends up with money. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know who she was either until I started like. So I looked it up because I was like, because Kanye was dating her, oh. and then yeah. he he made he dressed her. <laughs> he dressed her up just like him, <laughs> like. It, I was gonna say at least now they broke up. They broke up like a day ago when he started like posting screenshots of of him texting Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Oh wait, that that's the lady he was like looking Re- all weird with. Yeah, there was that lady, and then there was like for like a blip of a second, there was like another random lady hmm. who at least like at least Julia Fox was like an actor, you know. So you could be like, okay, well, I mean, she's in it but this other lady he must have just met at like nobu it was weird hmm. and then he dressed her or she already looked like kim kardashian mm-hmm. and then she started dressing like her or trying to weird is really weird and yeah. um he gave julia fox like a whole wardrobe closet supposedly that's what she said that when they first met one of the first things he did was give her an entire wardrobe of like full of clothes like a whole walk-in closet thanks yeah it's good but it's also like weird because it's like you know all those clothes were clothes that he would look he would like to like kim kardashian wear oh yeah i see that yeah i see that for sure a thousand percent he would dress her up like kim kardashian he had her take photos in the same vein as kim kardashian Mm -hmm. and he also was actively pursuing kim kardashian yes (laughs) online while he was dating her meanwhile she would post things like we're doing great. We're, yeah, we're, we're totally doing, in love. We're to, we're doing great. It's like, okay. <laughs> she's fine with it. I feel like she's fine with it. She's like, I'm the rebound girl. I get it. Whatever. I got, she yeah, got yeah. even bigger out of it. I yeah. honestly. Well, anyway. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who, who knew that the, the voice of reason, that the calm, calming presence would be Pete Davidson? <laughs> like, or Pete Davidson. I watch Pete Davidson. I go, man. I never, if looking at you in the beginning years of Saturday Night Live, I never would have been like, I'm one day think that guy has his head on right. Yeah. <laughs> and now every interview, I'm like, good point, Pete Davidson. <laughs> just like, okay. I'm continuously just like, poor Kanye West. And I, I understand why some people would be like, why? Like, fuck Kanye West. And yeah, fuck Kanye West. But at the same time, I'm just like, the dude was like, slavery was a choice. I'm just like, Jake, you need help, bro. <laughs> like, you need some guidance. Well, he stays off his meds on purpose because uh, yeah. he thinks that they interfere with his artistry. Again, guidance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he stuff with Kanye. Yeah. We could spend. A, yeah. Oh, we could do a whole other. Oh, God. We could hold, do a whole other podcast. Yes. On Kanye. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. What do we you know, have? What to, are we are? Uh, what are we talking about today? Is it? They were talking about the murder of Tina Issa. Okay. Um, and it is an honor killing. Was Kanye involved? No. Okay. Okay. This okay. was before Kanye's time. Oh, okay. Um, but I think that Tina would have been a Kanye fan. I think she would have been all about like eight oh eights and heartbreaks. It's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good album. <laughs> what year was it? Um the this would be the early 90s. Ah. 
early 90s. So, um, Tina Issa, like I mentioned, is a victim of an honor killing and is one of the earliest reported honor killings in the U.S. An honor killing refers to the murder of normally a female member of the family by her father or by other male relatives because they believe that she has dishonored or shamed the family beyond repair. Mm. Honor killings happen all over the world, but are consistently reported in parts of the Middle East and South Asia. It also happens to men, as was the case with Babak Koramdin, who was a 46-year-old Iranian film director who was killed by his parents in 2021 after they found him corrupted by Western culture and shameful for not having yet married. So it goes both ways. This is it. I, I don't think that Babak, Babak's like murder is officially branded an honor killing, mm-hmm. but it's as close to one as you can get for a man in this situation. Wow. Gotcha. I'm just trying to think of a 46 year old being killed by his parents. They got to be wiry. Yeah. Or poison or something like that. They, they like in that case, I believe that they hit him behind the head when he was eating dinner. Oh, man. No, that's not cool. Not cool. That is not. No, that's not fair. You know, it's not a fish aisle. No, it's not cool at all. Yeah. Um, I, personally i'm glad that my parents didn't know about this because i think many times throughout my childhood i would have been killed for just the smallest thing (laughs) well eating something really mundane yeah oh that's worse i would have been so pissed if i had been killed eating oatmeal yeah like we all know what you would have been killed eating laurie Chipotle? Chipotle, yes. Chipotle. (laughs) Chipotle first thing in the morning. (laughs) Exactly. Just like the doctor ordered. Yeah. (laughs) I think I think Lori's eased on her Chipotle days, right? Yeah. I I actually had Chipotle a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh yeah, I like Chipotle. And then I think there was another article about like some kind of outbreak in a Chipotle restaurant. And I was like, Chipotle every single time I try and eat with you something terrible happens it's a big oh. warning every time mm-hmm. yeah all right well let's get back to it <laughs> so tina tina's full name was palestina palestina isa was born on december 3rd 1972 in mato grosso brazil her parents were maria matias um married name maria isa and Zien Isa. Zien was born in 1931 in Palestine and was the son of a farmer and was raised Muslim. When Zien was a teenager, he married his first, his double first cousin, which I looked it up and it at first is a bit confusing, but basically it's your cousin, but already like incested. <laughs> Like it's your cousin from both sets of grandparents. So that the same thing already happened with them. So that's like a, oh, that's, like that's it's like, your double first cousin. It's like two, not twice removed, but twice like put on the chest. That's like a sister cousin. Yeah. Nasty. Jesus Nasty. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if he had a choice and he was like. I can marry my first cousin or I can marry my double first cousin. <laughs> it's very unlikely he had a choice. Okay. It's very unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> he had children with that wife. Um, I think he had three children with her. I thought you were going to say he with had that, children with that. With that. <laughs> just there. Just her? With that. <laughs> he had children with it. <laughs> then... In the 1950s, Zian left Palestine for the south of Brazil for a business trip, allegedly. After a few years there, he met Maria Matias in Mato Grosso, who was of German, Italian, and South American descent. 
Zian and Maria married in February of 1963, uh, much to the protest of Maria's parents. He was like, I can't help it. I got a real cousiny vibe from her. Yeah. He didn't tell her he already had a first wife until after they were married. Whoops. Who was still back in the West Bank in Palestine with the kids. Oh, and then he was murdered, right? And then for being dishonest. And then that's the end of the story. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But even after he told her, Maria was apparently still cool with it since they stayed together and had their own children. They moved a lot. First, they moved from Brazil to Raleigh, North Carolina, then to Patterson, New Jersey, then to Arecibo, Puerto Rico, and then back to Brazil. Patterson, New Jersey? Yeah. Ugh. What's there? That was the one? Like, I was thinking Raleigh, North Carolina. I mean, Raleigh's no peach. Sorry if you live in Raleigh, but I'm not a fan. I think that the whole thing is peaches, right? Oh, no, that's Georgia peach. That's Georgia. Raleigh's not great. North Carolina's not great. That's just my I mean, personal bias. But also, Patterson sucks. It's like nothing there but trucking companies. Like, I assure you, if you're on the East Coast, look out your window. If there's a truck going by, it's going to say somewhere on the truck, it's going to say Patterson, New Jersey. And it's going to have fumes. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did, hmm. did a girlfriend break up with you that was from Patterson? Nope. Like you have an unnecessary no. hatred. I assure you, if you go to people who live in Patterson, are just like, I can't wait to get out of this town. it's not great well they didn't last long and then they went to puerto rico so that's better yeah in between moving they had three daughters but then while living back in mato grosso the fourth daughter of the couple palestina was born although maria was catholic she agreed to raise the children as muslim hey i mean I kind of like you kind of get the sense of the story that Zian didn't really give Maria a choice. Yeah. There was, uh, I don't think there was an he wasn't like, I, I'm going to hear you out, but I just want to let you know. Yeah, this is how I feel. And now I want to hear how you feel. <laughs> I will I will hear your argument and then I will say no. <laughs> that is that. He's America. That is how it is done. Also, I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to keep this in, but um. Are we going to talk about the fact that they named their daughter Palestina? She is. He is from Palestine. I know. But I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the translation of Palestine. I think it means something. Lori is right. It was a bit on the nose. What? Lori is right. It was a bit on the nose. But we decided, <laughs> what the hell? Let's throw an A on the end of it. And that will be the case. <laughs> it kind of reminds me. My mom told me a story of this woman she used to work with. And she asked her one time, you know, what's the story of your name? And she said, well, my mom was coming to America. She was on a boat. And she said, what, whatever I see, the first thing, once we get to America, I will, that's what I'm going to name my, my child. And her daughter, and the woman's name was Usanavi which is USA Navy. That's a stupid joke. She pronounced it Usanavi. That is a dumb joke. (laughs) And I, that, that's what it reminds me of. It's just like, (laughs) what do we name her? Uh, uh, So stupid. Is this your joke or I swear to God, that's my mom told me that it's not a joke. She told me, who knows? I know I've heard that before. Yeah, 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 it's like an old joke. She made it seem like it was a woman she worked with. So I am telling you, I've been telling people this joke (laughs) as a fact. That is a bit. That is a bit. (laughs) Your mom's a comic. I'm going to call her and be like, what? (laughs) So she's not real. So no, she's no. not the reason you couldn't come to my dance recital. Oh. <laughs> Usanavi. Usanavi was like, I hate children's recitals. Yeah. She, <laughs> I'm gonna she try made to my mom me. work late. Oh, she okay. couldn't come to my dance recital. She couldn't come to my basketball games. <laughs> <sighs> so Palestina lived both in Brazil and then in Puerto Rico. By now... Zian had funded the career of his only son from his first marriage, Faisal. He was a pediatrician. Faisal. Faisal. Nice. Yes. Oh, nice. I had, a, I had a parrot named Faisal growing up. A parrot? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Did it say any words? No, it was mean. Super mean. Ah. <laughs> Made me a lot. <laughs> That's good. Sounds like a bird. 
Yeah, it definitely was a bird. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> a bird. Yeah. Zian also returned more often to the West Bank. <clears throat> Sometimes for nearly year-long stints. Like he'd go for like nine months. And he'd go with and without Maria sometimes. And but he'd always normally take one or, or all three of his daughters or like would have them flown over. So he just went back a lot to the West Bank. And his son, after having trained in, I think, Italy, lived there now as well. Hmm. Because Yen had built a house and had helped fund a men's social club in his neighborhood. He was honored and he was revered by his people. Now, there's like a lot that I clearly will not learn in a few days of research about the Muslim culture. So whatever I speak to in this episode, like, is, I'm a stupid American. So <laughs> I grew up not, Muslim. I can help you. I know. I'm just saying, like. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like I'm trying to lecture people on traditional Muslim culture because I don't know. Yeah, and if we're making jokes, you feel like we're being too jokey. I mean, that's mostly my fault because I try and take serious things and joke about them because they get uncomfortable. But so if you're angry with anyone, blame me. But yeah, um, blame Laurie. Yeah, but yes, uh, blame her, and I will come correct. Yes. Yeah, I will lay down me. the law. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> but yeah, so... today you're Khalid. Huh? Today you're Khalid. Khalid is my name. Yes. Pronounce it right. Khalid. 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 I will come over there and I will do things to I'm you. I'm doing my best. Do better. Lori, <laughs> <laughs> you're being awfully quiet. <laughs> uh, I my mom worked with a woman, and she asked her. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. I only know the one joke. The thing too is that I've heard that joke but made about other cultures. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like I've I've heard it about like people coming over from Africa and all that stuff. Oh yeah. See, I never remember the nationality of the person. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to describe ascribe it to anybody, but um I just a general just uh you know. Yeah making fun of somebody i guess i don't know i thought it was a genuine person <laughs> okay all right i'm gonna call well, my mom i swear i mean it. okay call your mom okay <laughs> from what i understand from traditional muslim culture the son of a family inherits double what his sisters inherit but that also means he is responsible for his sisters should their husbands die or not be able to take care of them Mm -hmm. so it was up to Faisal and his dad Zian to take care of his sisters and his four half-sisters in 1980 when Tina was five Zian and Maria moved to the West Bank permanently for six well I guess not permanently they moved there for six years in 19, and then they moved in 1986 back to the US this time to St. Louis, Missouri where they opened and operated a grocery store. We used to call ourselves the House of Pain because we jumped around. <laughs> what? Keep, keep your waiters, please. <laughs> they work hard for this money. Pretty good. Right, <laughs> Pretty good, Khalid. Khalid. You've enjoyed Khalid. You're saying it right? <laughs> Tina began to learn English and soon was fluent in it as well as Arabic and Portuguese. Good for her. Good yeah. Luck. So at this point, Tina attended elementary school, junior, uh, some of elementary and junior high school here in the U.S. And finally, she enrolled in high school in you know, while they were in St. Louis. Mm. Unlike her sisters, who grew up, for the most part, traveling or at in the West Bank. And now those three sisters were married off in the West Bank. They had had arranged marriages and they were married off. Tina was the only one that grew up mostly exposed to Western culture and embraced it wholeheartedly as who as a part of who she was. She considered herself Arab American, not the traditional Arabic woman that her parents wanted her to be. So because her sisters had grown up 
with traditional Muslim beliefs, they never really stepped out of line. And then they got married off pretty early, I think. So then they just went to their husbands. Maria, uh, oh, sorry. <clears throat> Tina, on the other hand, was causing her parents a lot of grief with the things that she enjoyed. She loved listening to hip hop, R&B, rock, and all American music. On top of that, she wanted to be on the soccer team, the cheerleading squad, or anything really to be more involved with what she saw as part of her own culture. Her parents forbade all of it. None of that music in my house. Too soon. <laughs> Was this kind of like your childhood, Cash, a little bit? Was your father or, and or mother super strict about that kind of stuff? No, they weren't strict about the music. We, we, I mean, my brother was into metal as a little kid, and then like went to we 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 went to public school. So as soon as he was immersed in that, it was all hip hop. And then I and hip hop into punk, and we, I think we were fine. They didn't really care about that sort of stuff or art, like yeah, or art. We they were, taught we were, you a lot about art. A lot about art. We were very immersed in art and music. I don't think that this this is not a part of I should clarify that this this strictness that they're already exhibiting is not a part of Muslim culture and honor killings are not a part of Muslim culture. They're like a very radical thing to do. Yeah, it's within the Muslim culture. It's like it's like like Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons for Christians. They're like, no, that's not us. That's not. And it's not for sure. And I I, I remember one time I took a, a religious studies class and it was so amazing i i was like wanting to continue but then i would have had to like make it a whole my whole like undergraduate so (laughs) we um, don't need we don't need you to tell us why why you didn't continue with the class i would have had to take more units and i just didn't i was talking to my counselor i mean we don't care it doesn't matter no no no, but i'm sorry (laughs) i went off on a tangent joke but no the point is is like you don't realize like how much Muslim like they have influenced art and like music and stuff like like there's a lot of like Muslim culture in different things like I didn't realize that I didn't realize how much they influenced that kind of oh yeah mathematics yeah uh, agriculture architecture tons of it so I was like Mm -hmm. geez yeah I approve is what I'm trying to say. Oh, thank you. So anyway, her parents were against all of that. <laughs> On top of that, her friends at school would later tell investigators that Tina often showed up with bruises and welts to school mm. and was and terrified when, of her parents. And when was it? This was in the 90s, you said, right? This is now the 90s. Okay. Wait, let me double check that. Hello, the 90s. No, sorry. I think it's actually 89. Okay. I don't think oh. mandated reporter was a thing just yet. Sorry, it was... So let me say that. This was the late 80s. Now go. Oh, okay. I don't think mandated reporter was a thing because, like, as a... I mean, teachers are reporting it, but, like, you have to, like, get, like, child protective services involved, and it has to be, like, a thing. Like, anytime there's some kind of, like, a teacher even thinks that there's like abuse they have to involve like it's it's a legal thing at this point so it's just like yeah so that's crazy to me that they they didn't like just remove her from that situation Hmm. well this is the investigators weren't investigating till after something and the case is called the murder of tina isa so (laughs) oh wait so you're telling me this doesn't okay all right I okay all right i i see this is the point of this this is the point of the story where Lori remembers that this is always a murder show so yep. you know <laughs> <laughs> one friend even went so far as to tell the investigators that tina had once said that if she died to look at her parents first oh my god yikes Through three years of high school, Tina struggled but somehow managed, for the most part, to obey her very strict parents and 
be generally happy in school while never stepping too far out of line. Trying more and more to be a normal kid, though, one night, Tina snuck off to prom with her friends. It was junior prom. So it's a big prom. And she was forbidden to go, but she snuck off and she went. A picture exists of her and her date, Curtis Walker, at the prom. It was probably a single happy moment before later that night, Tina's mom, her aunts, and a male relative showed up to the dance and dragged her home. So that was junior year. Now in senior year, Tina was looking towards graduating and become becoming a pilot and aerospace engineer after studying at the St. Louis University, which her parents were like, that's not happening. That's that's lofty aspirations, man. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that is really awesome. So senior starts and then it's going on and Tina mentions that she wants a job. Absolutely not. Marianne Zayn said. Zian. Sorry. Absolutely not. She was to work for them in the grocery store um, or that's that's it. She could either work for them or work at the grocery store, which is working for them. And she could not have an outside job. They were already suspicious of Tina because at the prom, she had be- she had been there with a guy who like they had seen more than once and were suspicious that they were fornicating. <clears throat> Zian and Maria had added up to here with Tina and Zian started getting anxious to get her marriage arranged and shipped off to the West Bank to help the family. He started talking to Tina's sisters back home, complaining about the young, their youngest sibling. The women, notably one named Soraya, suggested that Zian lock Tina in the basement and get a, quote, a black guy who's always in trouble to kill her. Nice. <laughs> nice. What? Nice. Um, I, I you know lo- the ones. I would, you, you know the ones. Yeah. I would, <laughs> I, would, I would like to think that the sister is just tired of hearing her father complain. And it's just like, why don't you just lock her in the base? Like, just like, yeah. exaggerate. And then like later on, it's like, I was totally exaggerating. Guys, I was exaggerating. <laughs> I did not mean it. I was, ex- I used my exaggerating voice. Okay. I was totally exaggerating. <laughs> why don't you just lock her in the basement? Yeah. Some black guy who's always in trouble to kill her. You know, you know how I can tell. <clears throat> Sorry. You know, how I can tell I've been watching too much Seinfeld. Because immediately I'm imagining this Muslim lady having to do like Jerry Seinfeld walking up to somebody being like really calmly and like under his breath, just being like, you can do a lot of trouble. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? It's like, you troublemaker? Because <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Oh, never mind. He walks up to another black guy's like, you want to get in some trouble? <laughs> it's great because the end is like a little guy. He's like a little balding man. I just imagine your character at the grocery store on uh, pivoting just mm-hmm. in the grocery store and just somebody going up and being like, um, so do, you, do you get in a lot of trouble here? Are you, are you a troublemaker here? <laughs> do you want a job interview? No, I'm just... I mean, I have a job. I don't need to work. No, I'm. I I need you for something that's a little under the table, <laughs> under the basement, if you will. Um. I don't follow. <laughs> Please tell me more. <laughs> so Zian. So this is what the sister tells tells Zian. One of the sisters. They're like, you can just deal with her. And Zian is like, in response to the black guy thing, he's like, I can't get somebody else to do the job I'm supposed to do. And also, sorry to interrupt again, but just, I don't know how you guys have ever, have you guys ever had a, your parent try and quote unquote segue into a conversation to complain about your sibling? Because my family, the way they do it is just a straight like train through 
through an through a door uh, apartment building. Like my dad will just be like, "Hi, how you doing?" I'll be like, "Good. How are you? How's work? Good." It's uh, you know, everything's okay. So your brother hasn't called me in four days. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> have you tried calling him? No. Like, all right, great. Well, this was fun. Thanks for calling me. Yeah, my mom. Takes I'm glad turns. I answered the phone. My mom takes turns complaining to us about the other. <laughs> she she has like she has like five of us. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's super fun. Yeah. And my dad, uh, him saying your brother is how he says hello to me. <laughs> brother, I'm like, hmm? mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> sorry. Why do we know about a random phone call the end made to his daughter in Palestine? Oh yeah, that was that's a good question. I didn't ask that. No. <laughs> didn't. No, you did not. <laughs> Zien had other problems besides a teenage daughter who wanted to be more Americanized for reasons that go back thousands of years, but most recently at the time, due to the infiltration of Israeli soldiers in the West Bank, Zien hated the Jews, both Israeli and American. This is a long explanation. We'll get to it. He also hated Black people. Yep. As there had been a perceived rise in black criminals attacking Middle Eastern shop owners at the time. But most importantly, Zian hated all Westerners. He was a member of the Abu Nidal organization, a Palestinian nationalist militant group that had formed in 1974 and named after its founder, Abu Nidal. The organization was also known as Fatah, the Revolutionary Council. Abu Nidal was considered a revolutionary that went psychopathic, basically. And he carried out ruthless and random terrorist attacks on groups of Westerners with his followers. They didn't have any real decree set forth about what they were about, except for secularism and anti-Westernism. And also um, immediate death for anyone who responds to an email that's and answers with per my last email, just immediate death. Yeah. <laughs> they were really extreme. The wives of the members were not allowed to be friends. And even uh, Abu's, own, Abu's own wife was expected to live in complete isolation besides seeing him. Damn. Which is like the worst. All you get to see is like this shitty psychopath dude. Yeah. Like what happens if they had like paintings of people in the house? The husband's like, why are you staring at those people? <laughs> they wouldn't have that. They would just have bare walls. <laughs> She's like, I wonder what they're like. <laughs> oh my God. That's so fucking horrible. That's, oh my God. Being captive is no joke. How fragile are these fucking egos that they just can't have you cannot talk to anyone you can't do it. only i am the person that you can be around i mean it's just like you know if you don't think you're that great then don't force that on other people you know just own up to the fact that you're a shitty person that no one wants to be around i don't think the terrorists are, are gonna hear that <laughs> terrorists if you're like listening <laughs> first off stop it okay Second all, like, grow the fuck up. That's all. Yeah, totally. It's true. <laughs> grow some balls. Message received. The <laughs> ANO was considered the most... Sorry, so sorry. It's okay. The ANO was considered the most ruthless terrorist group in the late 80s... In the, sorry, in the late 80s and 90s, having killed people in at least 20 countries. And Zien was in the thick of it. It is likely that all that jet setting he did around the world was at least in part to aid A&O. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Patterson, New Jersey? Oh. What the hell would you do there? Trucks. Oh. Trucks. No shit. <laughs> oh, Look wow. at that. Yeah. Wow. Son of a bitch. Transportation man. It's all about the transport. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um you know that part of it where it's like they explain why he moves so much is likely sealed in fbi files that we can't see yet either way the fbi was tracking zian and they had bugged his home and telephone two years earlier looking for information about the terrorist organization that he belonged to hmm. Unfortunately for the FBI and for Tina, the FBI was not monitoring the surveillance unit on November 6th, 1989. November 6th. That's your birthday. Yay. Yeah. Day where some good things happen. Some good things happen on the uh on the other side of town. Yep. Well, they're sorry, they're in St. Louis, so a few streets away. Yep. In Brooklyn, <laughs> we were partying. Yeah, that's right. It was 89. I was waiting up all night. Mm-hmm. The air was cool and crisp. Mm-hmm. And, and at, so were you. And at 12.01, my mom would come in the room and say, happy birthday. And I'd say, yeah. Can I have some cake? And she'd say, no, go to sleep. And I'd be like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that evening, Curtis walked Tina home. She had just finished her first day of work as a cashier at a Wendy's. And she was proud and she was elated. Her parents had not approved of the job. As she got home, they glared through the window. And as soon as she got in the door, they called her a bitch, asked her where she had been. They called her a whore and accused her of being off, of going off and having sex with Curtis. When she said that she had gotten a job and it was, had been her first day, they lost their freaking minds. Uh, I mean, somehow that's worse. <laughs> I love to them, yeah. I to them, it. yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's just yeah. It's a it's a form of thought that us as Westerners and 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 not not even Westerners, just non non radical fucking assholes. Whatever you call this, <laughs> religious zealots. Yeah, yeah. We'll never understand. In the mix of Arabic, Portuguese, and English, Zien and Maria threatened and argued Tina, uh, and they threatened to kick her out of the house. She challenged them to do it. She tried to give them her house key because she too had had enough. And then then Zien, in Arabic, told his daughter, here, listen, my daughter, do you know that this is the last day? Tonight, you're going to die? Huh? Do you know that you are going to die tonight? Oh, my God. At this moment, when he's telling her that, Maria goes through Tina's backpack and questions her about items in it. Like, I could just imagine what the hell she's pulling out and being like, what is this? Is this a a dildo? And it's just like a tracker keeper. God. It's like not nothing that resembles a dildo at all. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's funny. <laughs> is this a dildo? Is this a dildo? It's like they're not all no. What is a dildo? What is a dildo? <laughs> that is a... Wait, wait. I'm gonna di- no. Uh, that's a backpack, Dad. Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. I fell asleep on the train and someone wrote dildo on my arm. What is a dildo? <laughs> Are you a dildo? <laughs> We're making this way more. No, yeah, it's not. okay, okay. It's not. It's not. It's not what happened. It's not what happened. Uh, Zien, sorry, it's okay. Still laughing at it. I mean, it's good to get some levity. Oh yeah, you need it. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Zien had left the room, then he walked back from the kitchen with a six-inch boning knife in his hand. Tina, at this point, screams, "Mother, please help me!" And the mom is heard saying, "Huh? What do you mean?" Oh my god. She says, "Help! Help!" And then the mother, again, probably still fucking around with the backpack, is like, what help? Then Tina screams. And then at this point, Maria must have turned around, saw that her husband was about to stab her daughter, and instead of helping Tina, pinned her down. She yelled at her and said, are you going to listen? Are you going to listen? Tina screams that, yes, she will listen. But it is too late. 
and her father stabs her. Six times in the chest. Tina screams one more time, and her mother says, shut up. She goes quiet, and her father says, die. Die quickly, my daughter. Die quickly. Oh, man. That to be the last thing you hear. That poor girl. Tina did die. And then her father called 911. The nerve. He said that they had killed her in self-defense. Okay. All right. So this guy's a fucking pussy. I mean, he is a fucking nutsack. I mean, to yeah. kill your daughter and then not even even have the balls to just say you did it. Oh, man. This guy. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't say a black guy came in and did it. I mean, honestly. Yeah, really. He probably thought about it. Yeah, I mean, it happens a lot. Yeah. What else really made them mad was that Curtis, her her boyfriend, was black. That was like the worst part. He was already a boyfriend. And on top of that, he was black. So they were just like, they fucking. Most Curtis is black. <laughs> when you said it, I knew he was black. <laughs> you knew automatically? Yeah, I did. What was his full name? Curtis? Um, Curtis Walker. That's it. Black dude. Just sounds like a cowboy. No. Not like a black or white cowboy. It just sounds like a cowboy name. Because the name Walker. All right. Yes. <laughs> what? You think so? What the name Walker sounds like a cowboy name. You love Chuck Norris. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where it comes from. (laughs) (laughs) The look on her face. Oh, Oh, yeah. This is a weird moment, but Maria just had a a huge epiphany. (laughs) I used to watch that show when I was little. Did you? Yeah. Did you know that there's a, a reboot of that show? No. Yeah. It can't be anybody with Chuck Norris. Who's it going to be? Uh, the guy that plays uh, the younger brother in Supernatural, who was the boyfriend of first boyfriend of Rory in Gilmore Girls. Neither of the dudes in Supernatural no. are like tough enough. No, yeah, no. That's no, crazy. it's it's really bad. It's really bad. I've the watched every person, episode. The only person you can get to replace <laughs> Chuck Norris is Charles Bronson. <laughs> Go older? Yeah. <laughs> I would do that, yeah. He's like, I'm welcome to Texas J Ranger, whatever. That's, <laughs> that's what they need to start doing. They need to screw these prequels. They need to start going older. They need a postquel. I don't there know. You need, there you go. Whatever that's called. Yep. Oh, sequels, Lori. <laughs> Are there sequels? Yes, dude. Okay. Post sequels. I think I think a postquel is gonna catch post-quel. on. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> So Zian told the investigating officers that Tina had asked him for $5,000. And then the, when he refused, she had threatened them with a knife. And then he got the knife away from her and they killed her because she came, became more violent. The cops didn't believe him and opened an investigation. Immediately, Tina's friends at school made the cops even more suspicious of her parents with everything that they had told them that I mentioned earlier. But only a few days later, the FBI, having discovered what was on the tapes actually it was one day later the fbi listened to the tapes back the next day discovered that they had the murder on tape and turned it over to the state prosecutor what wow they had the yeah they had them recording the whole time they just weren't monitoring they weren't there if they had been there if they had been there they could have probably intervened and maybe you know Maybe, but it, you know, it just, Ugh. it was a random thing. Yeah. They still were still recording and that was the, what they were there to do. Oh, they didn't I mean, expect that... him to kill his daughter because even though he had made like threats before while on the phone with uh, Soraya and stuff, he, they said that he made a lot of empty threats. So they didn't follow up on that. Yeah. He was calling That's... delivery people saying he was going to find a black man to kill them. Mm-hmm. He was calling, you know. All sorts of people, and they were just like, "This guy's just full of hot air." That is definitely the part in the movie where you're just like, "No, no, yeah." Ah, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, if I, it, I hope to God that that was the case where they just weren't listening. But if I was one of those people, that would that would eat me up inside. Yeah, knowing 
that's tough. It's not man. their fault. It's not their fault. They no. were there that night. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, is yeah, you, you know, you never, you don't, you can't know something like that is going to happen. Right. And yeah. that, oh, man. Uh, the recording of the argument and her death is said to be seven minutes long. Really? Yeah. So they arrested both Maria and Zian and put them on trial for first-degree murder. The defense tried to argue that Tina had attacked Zian before, that had kicked him in his leg before, and that he had, like, a limp from it. And this really was self-defense because that established a pattern of, like, violent behavior from her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. They brought in experts to explain his point of view as his daughter, like, like his point of view that his daughter had legitimately shamed the family, according to his culture. Like they brought in experts for that. And that like there were people uh, for the defense that said that Tina knew that her actions could have brought her death, which is like not. No. That's not an argument. That that is a defense grasping at straws. That's a defense yeah. that's like, all right, we're gonna do a hail mary and say that murder was okay. <laughs> like we're just gonna be like, yeah, because they told her beforehand that they were gonna kill her if she kept this up. And yeah, listen, man, yeah, the prosecution had witnesses about Tina's strange relationship with her parents and her sisters. But more importantly, they played the recording, along with the translation for the jury. The sister who had previously suggested Tina be killed in the basement, Soraya, swore up and down that her father loved Tina, that he loved her the most and she was the apple of his eye. She also managed to testify that Tina was the violent one in the family. Hmm. During the trial, because it was a very sensitive subject, the prosecution, the prosecutor tried her best to avoid Islamophobia. And she was quoted as saying, as part of her argument, many bad things have been done in the name of Christian religion and in the name of Islam. We are not here to blame Islam or Islamic culture. We're here to blame these people. The jury, deliberate, the jury deliberated for four hours before returning a verdict of guilty for both parents. The judge sentenced them to death by lethal injection. Family members and some members of the, of the Muslim community were regretful that the judge and jury did not understand that the killing had been necessary as part of their culture. Of course, there are people on both sides. In 1993, additional charges were brought against Zian and four other members of ANO in the U.S., accusing them of a plot to bomb the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. So this is what they had been looking for the whole time. Anyway, and they had gathered evidence, but this happened in between. The charges against Zian were dropped since he was already on death row. He died in 97 from complications from diabetes. Mm. Maria won an appeal that argued her actions should be considered separately from the brutality of her husband's, which is fucking bullshit. I don't know how she won that appeal. She held her down. That's bullshit. Her sentence was commuted to life in prison. So she was taken off death row. But at least she wasn't let go. She died in prison in 2014. My only argument for that, and I do think she should spend her life in prison. So I'm not saying that like she should be let go or anything. But, you know, this is a person who is sort of, she's not, she wasn't necessarily the catalyst for for what happened. Yeah, a lot of people argue that she may like she herself is a victim of Zian's. But um there's yeah. n- there's just no there's no excuse for what she did. For sure. And I think she should spend her life. Yeah, I'm glad that she died in prison. Yeah. And I hope it was I hope you know, 
I hope it was painful and I hope she was scared to death the whole time. And then she died, died of natural causes, which Damn seems it. unjust. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Palestina, Palestina, Isa rests at Sacred Heart Cemetery in Florissant, St. Louis, Missouri. And that's the story of Tina Isa. Well, you know, like, sorry, Cash, I interrupted you. No, there's nothing. There's, I'm just so sorry that that happened. It's Tell a really you. sad case. Again, we're sorry if we talked out of line about anything. Um, please correct us if we did. Unless you're like pro ritual, like uh, honor killings, then you know what? We don't care what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you're pro honored killings, if you're like guys, you didn't look at it from this point of view, eh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's off. I would say this: it's awful. It's her life. Her life was taken from her for no reason. Yeah, um, yeah. She was just trying but, to find herself, and it and happens to a lot of women. Yeah throughout the world sadly in the face of everything with everything with you know her family everything with she still constantly strived to do better and be better and so yeah i mean i just think about what 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 the world missed out on because she's no longer around because mm-hmm. i think she could have done great things yeah well put may she rest in peace yeah Thank you guys for listening. We have a great two-parter coming up that's a little bit of a happier ending than this one. Um, <laughs> Just a we're, really, we're really excited for it. We'll see you guys soon. We're catching up. And thank you guys for being patient. Yes. Um, I, uh, I did suggest a fourth-parter of the penis stories, but Apparently we're done with those for right now. So. I think we're done with those. What, right what penis stories? What are those? She just keeps doing. <laughs> I can't tell you, Cash. You do not understand. I could do an entire. We could do an entire year's worth of p- penis cutting off stories. Oh, and that's just not even including men cutting off their own penises. If we oh. opened up the the spectrum, I could. I could do. We could go for ten years. Oh this. my God! Maybe guys, you should it... do it as the Patreon thing. Oh, and that way. <laughs> <laughs> guys do it to themselves that's crazy guys do it to themselves yeah well that's not what we're talking about next week thank you guys for listening <laughs> check out bloody podcast on patreon and instagram check us out at bloodypodcast.com email us at the bloody the bloody podcast at gmail.com and all the things thank you very much maria Bye. good night Bye.